0: Tax season is upon us, and I know that as business owners, things feel a bit more on edge than they maybe did when we had W-2s. Income, revenue, expenses, profit, adjustments, itemized deductions, taxable income, there's a lot to understand, and the IRS does not make it easy. Luckily, today I'm joined by Braden Drake, a California licensed attorney and tax professional. His tagline is, your gay best friend here to help you get your legal, tax, and financial shit legit. Braden works primarily with service-based creative small business owners through his signature program, RX. and today, he's here to help you get ready for tax season by explaining how income taxes actually work. You're listening to episode 99 of the Chasing Simple podcast, and I'm your host, Amanda Warfield. Let's dive in. How do I run a successful business from my home? How can I possibly wear all of the hats? Am I the only one that struggles with staying organized? What am I supposed to do about work-life balance? How can I create a solid schedule and routine? How do I even stay productive? And the biggest question of all, how do I manage it all? And can I really create a business that I love Without being chained to my laptop. Welcome to the Chasing Simple podcast, where hard conversations and actionable education meet simplicity. I'm your host, Amanda Warfield, time management coach, online educator, and crazy cat mama. My mission is to help overwhelmed business owners get more done in less time so that they have more time and energy for what matters most. If you feel overwhelmed or occasionally lost in the roller coaster that is entrepreneurship, I want you to know that you aren't alone. Those things you're feeling, you aren't the first or the last to feel that way. The hard things you're going through, someone else has already been there too. Each week, I'll bring you transparent conversations, actionable steps, and a judgment-free community to encourage and equip you. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, or whatever your drink of choice is, and meet me here each week for love, support, practical tips, and advice on simplifying your biz. Let's do this entrepreneurship thing together, shall we? Hey friend, sorry to interrupt your listening, but I've got something really exciting to tell you and I know that you're going to want to hear about this. So I've done something a little crazy and I've opened up the first lesson inside of Club Content Batching to the public for free. That's right. You can get a look inside of the Club Content Batching membership hub and take the very first lesson inside completely free. All you have to do is head over to amandawarfield.com forward slash basics to get your login details. The first lesson covers the basic premises of content marketing that I want all of my students to know before they begin bashing. You'll reframe how you think about content marketing, you'll learn exactly how long you should be spending on creating content, and you'll uncover the two most important things that all of your content needs in order to grow your business. So if you've been curious about what the inside of club content batching looks like and you want to take that first lesson all about the basic premises of content marketing, be sure to head on over to amandawarfield.com forward slash basics to get inside completely free today. Again, that's amandawarfield.com forward slash basics. Now let's head on back to your episode. Braden, I am so excited to have you on. Can you go ahead and just introduce yourself a little bit, tell everyone who you are, what you do, who you serve?
1: Sure. So, hi, everyone. Really excited to be here. My name is Braden Drake, and I am a California licensed attorney. I live in San Diego. If you're not familiar with our geography, that's about, it literally borders Tijuana, Mexico. So all the way Southern California. And I also have a master's degree in tax law. So what I talk about, it confuses people at first when they first meet me. A lot of people mistake me for a CPA. I'm not a CPA. I'm technically a tax attorney, but I will do, I do both legal education, tax education, and now also like money management and cash flow education for creative small businesses.
0: Yeah, and that's actually how we met through your interest in Profit First, and I was on an episode of your podcast. Gosh, two years ago, we'll link. Yeah, to it you were on.
1: I think that was like one of my first ten episodes, that's and so I just recorded this morning. I think I recorded two oh eight and
0: two oh nine. Wow, that's really crazy! Congratulations, yes. that's huge. Thank you. But yeah, Profit First—that's how we got connected. I know you guys have heard me talk about it in the past, and today we're gonna talk about something kind of similar-ish. We're gonna talk about income taxes. And Brayden, I know that as this releases, I personally am gonna be in an all-time anxiety high with taxes, and I think most of my listeners will too, just because it's a stressful season, especially for those of us that don't have a CPA and that are doing our own taxes ourselves. So what would you say, the basics, are that we need to know about income taxes as we're starting to move into that season?
1: Yeah, so a few things. First, you have to understand the difference between the different types of taxes, right? So income taxes not is not sales tax, right? I think most of us, we kind of understand that, but then when we, we get confused when it comes to paying quarterly sales taxes versus quarterly income taxes. So two different things. We also need to understand how our business income is taxed. So what's the difference between business income and personal income. And why does that matter? Why do we care? And then we need to think about, well, how do we actually come up with our taxable income? Like how do we calculate our tax? How's the IRS coming up with that number? And how do business deductions play into all that? So we can go through all that stuff like one by one, but that's kind of our broad overview.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I guess let's start with the first one with the sales taxes versus income taxes. What does that even mean? Because I don't know.
1: Sure. So sales tax is a consumption tax, right? So if we go shopping, remind me what state you're in.
0: I'm in South Carolina.
1: In South Carolina, they do have sales tax, right? Yeah. Okay. So there are only a handful of states that don't have sales tax. So you go shopping. Let's say you go to the mall, you buy some new clothes, you're going to pay sales tax on that. Correct? Like I give this story, I wrote it in, I think one of my course textbooks about how, and I have no idea how young I was, but I remember we were on vacation and I think we were in West Virginia visiting a friend and we went to one of those on a cave tour. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever Uh, done one of those? I've
0: never done one, but I know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, we went on a cave tour and they had a gift shop. And I think I had, I don't know, I think I had like $2, 2 or $3. This was the early 90s. I'm an elder millennial at this point, I think. And I had a couple of dollars to spend and I did the math. You know, I did my $2 of math. And the thing that I wanted to buy came right up to $2. And of course, the final total was like $2.12. And I was utterly bewildered because my parents are not the type to give me the 12 cents. Like I got I to gotta reanalyze my life. And that's when I learned about sales tax. So we all understand that. We only really have to deal with sales tax as business owners in most states and most states, if we are selling physical goods. So if we have a product-based business, income tax is based on our tax bracket and how much money we make. So if we're an employee, for example, all the taxes that are coming out of our paycheck, those are all income taxes. Income taxes are due for all of us who have a business that's separate and apart from sales tax. So For the rest of the episode, we're not talking about sales tax. That could be like a whole different thing. We're only talking about income tax.
0: Okay, great. So we know what income tax is. Can you explain a little bit about what it is that we are having to make sure that we're paying as far as like quarterly taxes? And then at the end of the year, how all that works and how, like, what in the world does that have to do with income taxes?
1: Yes. So first, I think it's helpful if we first kind of like try to define like what business income is in the first place, right? So if we have a part-time job, so for example, when I was studying for the bar exam, I worked at West Elm, spent all of my income on expensive furniture, but I was an employee there, right? So I got employment income and that's, we call this, it's a subcategory of what we call earned income, which means that you're being compensated for your labor, right? You're earning it. And all earned income is subject to income taxes, federal income taxes, as well as Medicare taxes and Social Security taxes, right? We all pay that when we're employees. And those Medicare and Social Security taxes, we collectively, when we're employed, we call them FICA taxes. We're self-employed, we just call them self-employment taxes, so the importance of understanding the difference between business income and non-business income is that our business income is subject to those extra taxes. Whereas if you went, if you went and like if you went gambling and you made a bunch of money, you would pay a gambling tax on that. Actually, um, it's a type of income tax, but you wouldn't pay self-employment tax, right? Because it's not earned income. Same thing if you like sold some stuff on Facebook Marketplace or. I'm trying to come up with other good examples. If you like sold your car, or if you had a rental income from a rental property, or if you sold a cryptocurrency, that's investment income. So that's the difference. So we want to think about what's business income. And for most of us, it, it's pretty self-explanatory. Whatever our business is, if we're making money, that's our business income. So we and feeling good about that.
0: By income, do you mean profit or revenue?
1: Good question. By income, I just mean revenue, right? Okay. So profits, a whole different ball
0: game. Okay, so we've got our revenue. How do we go about taking that and knowing what to do with that number with our taxes?
1: Yes. So this is a great segue because we got to figure out what our profit. We got to figure out what our profit is, right? We only pay taxes on our profit, really. That's where all of our business deductions come in. So we're going to figure out our business income. We're going to look at all of our deductions, we're going to account for that in our bookkeeping, and then we're going to deduct like deductions literally mean you deduct it, right? So if I made $100,000 and I had $20,000 in business deductions, now I have $80,000 in net income. We call it net income or profit. Those are generally interchangeable terms. And that's what our income is subject to tax on. Now, I feel like your question was like, what do we do after that? Is that where we're headed?
0: I think so. But I also would love for you to clarify what the difference between business expenses and business deductions are.
1: Oh, this is the same thing. Same thing. It's a little, it's pretty much the same thing. Technically speaking, you could have an expense that's not tax deductible, in which case that wouldn't be a deduction. But in small business in particular, pretty much anything we're going to consider a business expense is going to be deductible. Once you have like a really like a multimillion dollar company, like they're going to have They'll do their accounting a little bit different for purposes of figuring out like what their profitability is versus what their tax profitability is, what they're subject to tax on. But for us, we don't we don't have to worry about that. You have an Asana account, it's tax deduction. You hire someone to take your brand photos, it's tax deduction. Those are all business expenses slash tax deductions.
0: Interesting. I did not realize that. I definitely thought they were two different things. That's good to know. Okay. So we've got revenue, profit, expenses, deductions. What do we do next?
1: Okay, so I'm going to walk you through like how the IRS actually calculates our taxes. It's a it's a bold promise, but we're going to like vary ten thousand foot view. Okay, so we have our business profit, and then what the IRS wants to know is they want to know what our total household income is, right? So, like, we'll use you as an example. Is your spouse self employed or employed? Or no, he's he's
0: employed. Okay, so he's
1: employed. Same with my husband. So my husband's employed. So for both of us, our total household income is going to be our business profit plus our spouse's employment income. Okay. If we also did, so I was saying the other day on Instagram, I've always wanted to become a spin instructor. And I always say that I'm going to do that. If I did that, that would be a part-time job. So that would get lumped into my household income as well. Plus all the other types of income we talked about earlier. So you come up with that and that's your total household income. Okay. If you're not married, I would say not married because single for tax purposes just means that you're not married uh, and you're not filing married, joint or married separate. If you're not married, then it's just all of your income. If you are married, it's communal. Everything's lumped together. So that is step number one. I'm pausing in case you have any questions. <laughs> I
0: think, <laughs> think questions? I've got it. I think I'm good. Okay, so we've good, got good. Household income. Total. Okay,
1: good. Sometimes I just have to pause from time to time. Otherwise it's just like, I feel like me ranting for. Ever. So we have our household income. And then we're gonna take the IRS gives us something called a standard deduction. Are you familiar with that?
0: Yes, I am. But explain it for
1: everyone listening just in case they're not. Yeah. So standard deduction is, I mean, it's a it's a personal deduction, right? So we understand what business deductions are. We also have personal deductions. And the IRS allows and it might have changed a little bit for inflation, but I'll just use my most recent recollection. It was $12,200 if you're single and $24,400 if you're married. So double. We also have a tax status called head of household. And that is if you file a single, so you're unmarried, but you have dependents. So typically that's children, but you can also have like elderly dependents. There are some other specialty rules as well. And their standard deduction is 18,000 something. So you take your household income, which again was business profit plus other income, and you deduct your standard deduction. So, and this gives you, and we're going to add, we're going to add some twist to this in a second, but this basically gives you your taxable income on which you calculate your tax. So I'm going to, I'm going to quiz you now. Okay. This is where you can tell I'm also a podcast host because sometimes I forget when <laughs> I'm a guest on a podcast. I'm here for it. So, If your married household income was $24,000 and your standard deduction is $24,400, what would your taxable income be?
0: I'm assuming they're not going to let you go negative, right? Yeah,
1: it would technically would be negative, but we could also just say like zero. But the answer I'm looking for is like, you don't have taxable income. (laughs) because Your standard deduction is greater than your income. So this is why, and we'll talk about quarterly taxes later, but unless you're, until you're making a certain amount of money, we don't have to worry about it because you get your standard deduction. So that's how that works. We also have this pesky category called itemized deductions. All right. So itemized deductions, the big ones are out of pocket medical expenses, Charitable contributions are the most common one that like everyone uses. And then mortgage interest deduction is the other big one. There are a couple, a few other itemized deductions, but those tend to be the big three. And the way our tax system works is you either going to take a standard deduction or an itemized deduction when you file your taxes, you don't get to take both. So we only want to itemize, that's where we get the term itemize. So we only want to itemize if our itemized deductions are greater than our standard deduction which also makes sense. Back pre-2017, the standard deductions are were half as much as they are now. So it was a lot more common for people to itemize. Now, since they've doubled it, it's a lot fewer people have enough itemized deductions to go over the standard deduction. And it's funny because, well, okay, I'll, I'll ask you another quiz question. Let's say your only itemized deduction is like a $500 donation to your favorite charitable organization. Are you going to itemize? Or are you going to take no, the standard? No, you
0: definitely take the standard.
1: Okay. So does that uh, charitable contribution save you any taxes? No. No. Would you still make the charitable contribution?
0: I mean, I would.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, like, it, depends. Like, it depends, right? It depends on the organization. So a lot of people, like, they got kind of mad about it because they're like, well, now I don't get a tax benefit for my deduction. And it's like, no, but... Let's say before your standard was 12,000 and your itemized was 15. Now your standard's 24, you'd still take the $24,000 standard deduction. You're like, still oh, winning. <laughs> right, you're still you're still winning. So I always argue that really the the main kind of victims of this law are the charitable organizations. But now you and all of your listeners are a part of the very small percentage of people who actually understand how that works. So I don't think that charitable organizations have to worry. Plus, we're still always altruistic. So those are those things. So you're going to deduct either one of those. And you can also deduct things called adjustments. And without overcomplicating things, adjustments are just like your itemized deductions, except you get them regardless of whether you itemize. So one of those, the biggest one for most of us is student loan interest. So if you paid $1,000 during the year in student loan interest, you get to deduct that regardless of whether you take a standard deduction or an itemized deduction. Out-of-pocket teacher expenses. So if you're a school teacher and you go buy school supplies out-of-pocket, that's another adjustment as well. Okay. That was a lot.
0: I think I'm following you. Yeah. And for anyone, let me just pause right here. Anyone who's listening and you're feeling confused, go back and re-listen, but also... Brayden has literally written a book on this that I highly recommend. I am literally holding it in my hands right now. We'll link to that in the show notes. But when I read this book, I was amazed at how simple he made all of the tax stuff because I was so confused previously. And I do our taxes every year. I pop things into TurboTax. Didn't know why any of it came out the way it did, but this book really helped me to understand. So re-listen, but also we'll we'll link to the book in the show notes because it makes it very simple.
1: Good. Thank you for, well, thank you for sharing. I'm glad that you liked it. I'm like, I'm a big believer. So personally, I need the broad picture before I can learn like the nuanced details. So I think a lot of people wonder like why I go through the effort of explaining how, like how these taxes actually work. But I think it's so much more helpful because then when you're doing your own tax return, you're like, oh, I know what this is. Like, I might not know all the, the nuances and the nitty gritty details, but I understand the gist, which I think is great.
0: Yeah, it's, it's super helpful to have that broad view of this is how it works. Even if I don't understand all the tax code, I kind of, as I'm being guided through, I understand why I'm answering the questions that I'm answering at least.
1: Yes. Yeah. Super important. Okay. So we get our, remember, we have business profit plus all of our other income minus our adjustments and our standard or itemized deduction. This is how we get to our taxable income. And our taxable income is the income on which we calculate our taxes or on which the IRS calculates our taxes. So if we, let's say we had, like we have $50,000 in business profit, and let's say our spouse makes $50,000. So we have a household income of a hundred thousand. And then we take our standard deduction. I'll just say that it's 25,000 for easier math. So now we're down to 75,000. And then we have a thousand dollars in adjustments. So now we have $74,000 in taxable income. So when we look at the tax bracket, we're going to look at the tax brackets for $74,000 in income, not for $100,000. And that's how our taxes calculated. So they do the math, you know, all that good stuff. We get our income tax on that amount. And then we add to that our self-employment tax, which is based purely on our business profit. It's 15.3% of business profit. We add those two taxes together, and that is like the big picture view of how we find our federal taxes.
0: Oh, okay, Ooh. so we've, yeah. got, we've got our federal taxes. How do quarterly estimates play into that?
1: Ooh, this is so, this is <laughs> quarterly taxes are, they're like a whole hot mess. The way the IRS actually wants us to pay our quarterly taxes is they want us to estimate how much we're going to owe in tax during the year. So it's forward-looking. And then you divide that amount by four, and that's how you pay your quarterly taxes. But this begs a lot of questions. Like, like how the hell do I know how much money I'm going to make next year? Well, you have to do projections, right? We do have safe harbors, so that's what most people will use to pay their quarterly taxes. But yeah, it's like a frustrating experience for us all.
0: Yes, (laughs) definitely especially right now i sent in a check in september they never cashed because they're so oh, really? behind so that's fun yeah oh yeah
1: don't send checks just pay it online just pay it online
0: i tried it was a whole th- that was a whole thing the whole that would be a rabbit trail. but well, so i can tell you
1: i can share with you the kind of the behind the scenes of how i have all my students save their taxes
0: yes yeah go okay
1: So what we do is, again, this is why I teach how income taxes work, because I have all of my students in my membership, ProfitRx, I have them complete a quarterly tax calculator and it's a Google sheet. And it takes them with formulas through that whole process we just went through. And what we do is we figure out what percentage of your household income ends up going towards taxes. So if you make $100,000 and you end up paying $17,000 in taxes... 17% 17% of all your income is going toward taxes. So that's your tax percentage. We calculate that. And then that's your savings percentage. So every dollar you bring in in business income, we're going to set aside 17% of it. Again, this is just, I'm making up these numbers as an example. And we automate that. So I use a phone tool. It's, a, it's an app called Capital. Any of you can go download it, Q-A-P-I-T-A-L. And it's really meant for personal savings. If you want to, you know, like save $10 every week for your trip to Disney World or whatever. That's what it's meant for. But we link it to the business bank account and we set up, they call it the freelance rule where you can link it to your bank account. And every time you get a deposit, it's going to set aside a designated percentage. So automate your savings. A bank actually owns the app. So it comes with a routing number and account number. And then we pay our quarterly taxes directly from that savings app so it applies like the true out of site out of sight out of mind concept to taxes. and if you're familiar with profit first, it's a similar kind of system but we're like automating it and making them a lot easier rather than like going to open an additional bank account.
0: I love that. That's a great tip. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So okay, going back to we've got the 15.3% of business profit plus whatever taxable percentages from the income bracket I feel like I just said that in a very confusing way. We've got those two. Uh huh. The fifteen point three percent of business profit is that typically what we should have been paying our quarterly estimates towards?
1: No, no, no. It, and it depends. This is where people get very tripped up. We got to be very clear on gross versus net, right? So revenue versus profit. So when I talk about tax savings, I'm always talking about saving off your gross. So before we're considering your expenses, right? So it's a 15.3% tax on your net or on your profit. But let's say you're only operating at 50% profitability. So you make $100,000, you only have 50% of profit. You owe 15.3% of $50,000, which is, I can't do that math right now. Um, it would be, well, no, that would be like around seven $7,000 in change, right? So that's your self employment tax. It's not 15.3% of $100,000. It's 15.3% of $50,000. So, but I'm going to have you save whatever your percentage is on $100,000. So then our question is if you owe $7,000 in self employment tax, $7,000 of $100,000 is 7% and change. So you'd be setting aside around 7% for self employment tax, you know, maybe around, I don't know, anywhere from 10 to 15% for income taxes. So you're looking at like 17 to 22% savings okay. under that hypothetical.
0: So quarterly taxes and self-employment taxes are two totally different things. Quarterly estimates. Sorry. No, no. Am I, am I confusing everybody? Sorry.
1: Guys. Yeah, no, 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 but it's a good question. Right. So quarterly taxes are not a type of tax, right? So we pay income tax and we pay self-employment tax. That's what we owe. When we talk about quarterly taxes, what you're doing is you're making a prepayment for your tax balance. And what we do, yeah, go ahead.
0: So the prepayment towards the self-employment tax plus the income. Yes. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, so when you file your taxes, you're gonna get your total tax due. And ideally you've already paid that tax in quarterly estimated taxes. And so we teach, I teach self-employment and income tax tax separately. So you understand they're two separate taxes, but we're going to save for them jointly and we're going to pay our taxes. We don't differentiate between the two. Like they don't care at that point.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So I'm going to reiterate this one more time just to make sure that I have this correctly and I haven't confused everyone. So you've taught us how to find what our taxable income is. We've got what our income tax is. We also take what our self-employment tax is throughout the year, the quarterly estimates we have paid go towards that ideally we want to owe nothing and gain nothing back, but sometimes you can on either side, correct? Yes. Perfect. Okay. (laughs) No, I feel like I've gone down a rabbit hole. You nailed it. So we've got what that amount is. I mean, that's essentially it, right? Am I missing anything? Are there any other basics that we need to know about our income taxes? No, Those
1: are the gist when it comes to like how income taxes, actually work like we've covered the main bullet points right the if we want to like kind of really hammer home this idea of quarterly taxes the idea is let's say we are single and all of our income comes from self-employment the irs is only getting income they're only getting taxes from us if we pay our estimated taxes right versus let's say similarly we're single and we only are employed we're not self-employed Our employers withholding all of our taxes and sending it to the IRS through our paychecks, right? When we're married and we have a spouse with a job with withholdings and we don't have withholdings, that's where it's like kind of wacky because half of the taxes are being withheld, half of them are not. So in short, what people need to realize is that quarterly taxes or estimated taxes are due anytime, pretty much anytime we have uh taxes that are not being withheld from somewhere. So if you have, so a couple of weeks ago, I talked to someone who had a really large inheritance. They got a lump sum inheritance after a family member passed away. And they asked me, do I need to make a tax payment? And I said, not my area of expertise, but probably, right? Because you got a windfall of cash, instead of waiting nine months from now, you're probably going to need to make an estimated tax payment now. Because the IRS is just like us business owners. Like we don't like to get paid months in the future for income that we should have coming in now. They want their money right away. But the IRS is not going to require us to pay them taxes on a daily or weekly basis. That's a little too much. So quarterly is like their sweet spot, I guess.
0: Gotcha. Okay. That makes so much sense. So now everyone has... A pretty good idea, whether they listen to this once or a couple times, a pretty good idea of what income taxes actually consist of and what exactly it is that we're paying towards and where those numbers come from. What action step would you give everyone this week to help prepare for sitting down and actually dealing with their income taxes this year?
1: Yeah, so a couple of different things. If we're talking about, so this is coming out in March, taxes are due by April 15th. If we're talking about that, which really was your question, you just need to get organized. You need to get your bookkeeping wrapped up for the previous year. If we're talking about 2022 taxes, the consequences of which won't result until our tax return next year, then I would say your first step is to start saving your taxes if you haven't already done that, because we don't want to be stuck with the tax bill.
0: Awesome. Love that. Great tip for both ends of the spectrum. And we always wrap up an episode by sharing a book recommendation, obviously you have written a book and you can either share more about that or about another book that you have just really loved, whether business or just for fun, either way works.
1: Yeah. So unfuck your biz, of course, go grab a copy. Other book recommendations. It's funny. I haven't, like I went on a bit of a book hiatus. I've read a lot of books like at the beginning of last year. But a few of my favorites, I love Denise Duffield Thomas, if anyone's familiar with her. Her book that I really, really liked was called Get Rich, Lucky Bitch. Apparently swear words are a theme for me. She also has a newer book called "Chillpreneur," which is great. And if you love Denise, I actually interviewed her on my podcast, so everyone can go tune in. Really fun. So those are both good ones. Other books... I Will Teach You To Be Rich is a great one since we're on the topic of finance. I don't really know like what the vibe is of your audience, but I'll just be very transparent and tell everyone that like Dave Ramsey, a little too conservative for my vibe. I'm not a church going kind of person. Totally fine if you are. My mom loves him. She's obsessed with him. But if you're like, "Mm, Mr. Ramsey is not really for me. You'll probably love I Will Teach You To Be Rich because Ramit Sethi, who's the author of that book. I find has a much better core values alignment with myself is the way I would put it.
0: Yeah, even as someone who is a churchgoer, I, I second all of that,
1: all of yes. it. Yes, <laughs> and it's not to like split everyone into like two buckets, but I'm sure that you can attest to the fact that Dave Ramsey is very popular among Christian circles, especially when it like, particularly when it comes to money management.
0: Yeah, that that's, yes. I, I second, I will teach you to be rich. It's a great book. He walks you through the steps. I literally have like, His Ladder is great. It's great. Highly recommend. I second all of these books, actually. They're all phenomenal. So thank you. We will link all of those in the show notes. And Brayden, I know you have something coming out or just recently came out as this airs that will help everyone if they're just like, I'm doing this myself, but I really need some help with this tax season. You want to share a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so I always have lots of stuff going on, but the main thing for tax season is something I created called the Tax Season Playbook. And I developed it as more of like a live challenge. This will come out after the challenge has happened, but all of the trainings, the PDF documents, the I have a bookkeeping template, they're all in there, all available on Evergreen along with some of my Q&A recordings. It is a paid offer. We're recording this like back in January, so I don't know exactly what the price point will be, but it's going to be under a hundred dollars. So pretty cost effective. And the goal of that is to help you get ready for tax season, get all your ducks in a row, that kind of thing. So www.bradeanddrake.com forward slash playbook. And then if you're looking to just kind of get yourself into my ecosystem and universe, I have a podcast, I have a free Facebook group, and I have a litany of free resources, free downloads, blog posts on my website.
0: Highly recommend all of it. Braden is so helpful. As we are recording this, he has just done this whole thing in his Facebook group about 1099s, which I learned so much from and I was definitely doing things incorrectly. So highly recommend that you just hop into the Facebook group at the very least, but definitely check out some of the other things that he has to offer because he makes all of this really complicated seeming stuff, tax, legal, all of it really, really simple. So Braden, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And I know that everyone listening is going to be Very thankful for all the help that you've provided with taxes.
1: Yep, Thank you. It was my pleasure.
0: Thank you so much for joining me here today, friend. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to me if you'd leave a rating and review. This is a great way to help spread the word about this podcast and help other wonderful women like yourself find it. You can find this episode show notes as well as tons of other great resources over at amandawarfield.com and if you aren't following me on Instagram yet, I'd love to connect with you over there. I'm at Mrs. Amanda Warfield. Shoot me a DM and tell me what you love most about this episode. Thanks for being here, friend. I'll see you next time.